It's time to turn out the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode, I delve into the world of terrible horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't really explain it, but I love these horrible movies. So if you've made a horror movie on your phone, or your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what do you get when you want to give the classics a little bit of a revamp, only to fuck it up? Why, you get the film... Van Helsing. Why, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Terrible Terror Podcast. Oh my god, we are finally done with October. Oh, wow, why did I do this uh, again? Uh, but it has been fun, it's been fun going through these uh, really awful movies for October. But our theme finally concludes tonight. Yes, and that is with the lovely film, and I use those words very lightly, uh, Van Helsing. Uh, I remember seeing trailers for this and being so in love with it, like, I gotta see this movie. Uh, I mean, this came out in my early 20s, um, I'm such a classic movie monster guy, uh, that it's just like, I saw it. And I was so excited, and I'm like, oh my god, they're going to start bringing everything back. They have this huge budget. Uh, they're incorporating the Wolfman and Frankenstein and Dracula. And, oh my god, Hugh Jackman is here. Uh, and I was in love with, still in love with Hugh Jackman, you know, at this time. Uh, but not as much as I was when I was younger. Uh, except for after Logan. Logan, fucking fantastic. Um, but... It's one of those things where he was really kind of that hot guy. And who was the hot girl? Well, it was Kate Beckinsale, who came off of another horror franchise uh, that we've talked about before. So, why not pair these two up? Oh, we could do this whole thing. And, and this was like a love letter. Supposed to be a love letter to the classics. Hell, the film itself, without really getting into the whole thing, it starts off in black and white, like an old freaking horror movie. I mean, the first line that you hear of the film is... It's alive. It's alive. It's alive! That gets you right into it and ready to go. It is basically the end of Frankenstein that you stumble in into this movie, right? It's great. It's fantastic. The first, like, 30 minutes of this film are actually really fun. And then it just devolves. It gets too into itself. Uh, and we're definitely going to go through it. And there may be a little bit of rushing in parts just because this is a long fucking movie. Uh, it is 2 hours and 11 minutes. And oh my god, you can feel it. At least I can feel it. Um, 
there's going to be people that are out there they're going to tell me are you crazy how do you hate this movie you've only seen it well now twice uh and you still hate this movie there's going to be something different than maybe when i first saw it but i was really hoping for this to be the start of something big like you know the monster squad like i have such nostalgic blinders for that movie but that brings like the best of every world that i want from the universal horror the mummy the wolfman frankenstein's monster the creature from the black lagoon is in that one i thought great this is where we're going to go we're going to get these guys and then we're going to start seeing other universal horror monsters i'm finally going to get to see another creature from the black lagoon movie you don't know how much i want that to happen uh you know, I know that there's a big stigma with remaking some things, but for some movies, it's really like, I just want to see somebody else's interpretation of it. And the closest I'm going to get to a creature from the Black Lagoon movie is the upcoming Guillermo del Toro movie, Shape of Water, but it seems like that's actually like a spinoff uh, from the Hellboy con, you know, comics uh, and movies, rather than being a movie about the creature. Um, but there are, of course, you know, the new reboots that are going on, uh, the new mummy, uh, at the time that this podcast was released, it's now available for you to fucking dump in a ditch somewhere. Um, but they want to create this now horror universe, the dark world where the mummy is starting it off again, which it's just, you know, it got rebooted with those fucking Brandon Fraser things and cgi shitty looking rock uh but we gotta start there again why couldn't we start with a creature i I don't want this to devolve into why the creature is the best universal horror monster and there's no arguing about that period oh he's you know he's on top and only shortly coming in second to him is of course bell lugosi's dracula uh those two are the pinnacle of horror monsters uh from universal and you know but abbott and costello never met the creature see i even missed out on that god damn it there was a promo thing they did for tv uh that you actually saw them quote unquote meet the creature from the black lagoon but there was never a full theatrical movie you only had the wolfman frankenstein dracula the mummy the invisible man um so uh (laughs) so Let's get back to Van Helsing and and my kind of experiences with it. Uh, So, yeah, so here I am. I am a young 20-year-old guy. uh, Well, in my 20s, I should say. And I'm just like, okay, they can't screw this up. You got Hugh Jackman. You got what looks like, for the time, in 2004 when this came out, well done CG. Uh, It's perfect. It's ripe for this. This is going to be great. Even if it's more of an action movie, I can forgive it. Uh, but let's see how it goes. Opening night, went there, saw it, completely fucking disappointed. I remember sitting in my seat in the theater thinking, man, when is this fucking movie going to end? Because really, at about an hour in, that's where most movies would be starting their act three. And here we are, just actually beginning, like, I don't know, act three of seven. Uh, it just gets so ridiculous and so long-winded. I mean, right from the beginning of the film, we're already introduced to Dr. Frankenstein and Dracula. Success! 
count, it's just you. I was beginning to lose faith, Victor. A pity your moment of triumph is being spoiled over a little thing like grave robbery. Yes, yes, I must. I must escape this place. Where are you going to run, Victor? Your peculiar experiments have made you unwelcome. In most of the civilized world. I'll take him away. Far away. Where no one will ever find him. Oh no, Victor. The time has come for me to take command of him. What are you saying? What do you think I brought you here? Gave you this castle? Equipped your laboratory? You said... You... You said you believed in my work. And I do. But now that it is, as you yourself have said... A triumph of science over God! And right away, we know the biggest problem with this film. Dracula fucking sucks. Okay, he... He was way overacting with everything that goes on in this fucking film. Like, he just always over pronounces things i know he has to have this like thick accent and it's not like dracula 2000 type of dracula but it's not bell lugosi either bell lugosi man like it's iconic and you want to bring in somebody that especially if you're going to pay homage to the universal films you're gonna get this guy and he's gonna go there and he's gonna just constantly constantly overact and but uh, I digress here. I mean, the mob is already outside, and they're basically walking up, and you really don't want to fuck with a mob. And, you know, Dr. Frankenstein here, he, of course, has robbed a bunch of graves, and he's taken a bunch of parts. Who hasn't gone out there and tried to make their own monster, uh, you know, going out there about midnight, maybe one o'clock, maybe two, you go to a you know random gravesite somewhere, you dig up, uh, you know, Grandpa Joe... Uh, because all he did was fucking sit in the bed all day, and then he finally got out, and he got fucking Charlie in trouble, so his ass needs to be part of a fucking Frankenstein monster. Uh, but that's enough about Grandpa Joe. Uh, so, there, the mob is there, he wants to escape, Dracula's just like, no, fuck you, uh, I don't really need you anyway. I would kill myself before helping in such a task. Oh. Feel free, I don't actually need you anymore, Victor. I just need him. He is the key. I could never allow him to be used for such evil. I could. In fact, my brides are insisting upon it. Wait, did he say brides? Well, how many brides does one fucking vampire need? I didn't know Dracula was fucking polygamist. Most people can't live with one fucking wife, and how does he do it? I don't understand it. That's too many people to deal with nagging you and putting you through your bullshit. Or you having to deal with their own bullshit. I mean, if I wanted to have multiple wives, I'd just go fucking be a Mormon. And be done with it. Live in fucking Utah and get myself a TV show on TLC or some stupid shit like that. TLC fucking learning channel piece of shit. Not even fucking learning channel anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so... <laughs> What does Dracula need the Frankenstein monster for? And from this point on, I really don't want to keep calling him the Frankenstein monster. I know what he is. He is the Frankenstein monster, because Dr. Frankenstein is here. But, 
We're going to let uh, Dr. Frankenstein, who's going to just die off in just a second, uh, go away. And then we're just going to call the Frankenstein monster Frankie. Uh, because it's much easier and because I'll remember it. And, you know, eventually the Frankenstein monster did get called Frankenstein in the films. So Frankie's a good compromise. We good? We good. So Dr. Frankenstein, he tries to get away from Dracula, but Igor, his helpful assistant, who isn't a fucking hunchback, he's just... I don't know. He's ugly. Like, that's it. That's his problem. He's not, like, uh, oppressed. And he even says that, Dr. Frankenstein, you did a really good job and you took care of me, but he's paying me better. What is he paying you in? Because he's obviously not paying you in vampire bitches. You're gonna just work for him forever. And from where you go in this fucking film you really never leave his side so if he's paying you better what are you using the money on what exactly is going to go on with this so he sells fucking dr frankenstein out uh the you know frankie he wakes up he tosses something over at dracula and knocks him into the fireplace and uh frankie then picks up uh, Dr. Frankenstein, who now is uh, incapacitated and runs out into, well, the night and tries to get away from the mob. He does manage to get to the mob and get to a windmill where, of course, there's nothing but a ton of fucking absinthe, like, down there in there. And they're all chasing him with their pitchforks and their torches, and that's when they set the building on fire. And of course, we get to hear Frankie speak for the first time, and he basically pulls out a fucking Darth Vader. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't really remember my Frankenstein monsters talking most of these films. I mean, he kind of did later on, but in the original one, if we were just going to focus on the original Universal Monster movie, he didn't really say a whole lot, and he definitely didn't sound like that. Now, he what he does sound like, um, he sounds like Peter Boyle. And he sounds like Peter Boyle throughout the whole fucking movie. And if you don't know who that is, he did pass away, uh, you know, a little while ago. But he played the Frankenstein monster in Young Frankenstein. And it sounds almost the same. I mean, there it sounds like he is basically getting ready to sing Putting on the Ritz. So now that the whole windmill is on fire, and of course there's going to be a big explosion because there's all that absinthe that's in there. Which, for something that happens later on in the film, it really doesn't make sense. Oh, we'll get to there when we get to there. But uh, we see Dracula and his bitches come out of the castle and everybody freaks out because, hey, vampires are there in Frankenstein's castle. Which, again, was funded by our good old friend, uh, Dr. D. So, they terrorize, it fades out, it goes to one year later. And now we're in Paris. And here we get the only real, what I would consider to be like the title card of the film. You see, we just kind of jump into the film right from the beginning. You get the Universal logo, and then you get right into the mob going to knock down Dr. Frankenstein's castle's door with their battering ram and introduce to everybody like you heard early in the podcast. So it's really odd to me that there isn't a traditional title card sequence to this film. It just, like I said, kind of starts... And all we get is him tearing down a poster that says Van Helsing. And 
Then we go away with Van Helsing chasing after somebody, which is explained in, I guess, an animated movie that was made as like a prequel. But, of course, we run into him and we see that it's Mr. Hyde. You're a big one. You'll be hard to digest. I'd hate to be such a nuisance. <laughs> I missed you in London. <laughs> no, you bloody did not. You got me good. Dr. Jekyll, you are wanted by the Knights of the Holy Order. It's Mr. Hyde now. For the murder of 12 men, 6 women, 4 children, 3 dogs, and a rather nasty massacre of poultry. You're the great Van Helsing. You're a deranged psychopath. And this is the closest that we're ever going to get to see the Hulk fighting Wolverine. Uh, I mean, the CGI for Mr. Hyde is actually pretty good. For the time, it's a little cartoony, a little more cartoony than I was expecting or I necessarily want for this type of film. But, you know what, for the intro scene and just to kind of get us into it, it's this is actually great. Uh, I really enjoyed this fight between them. I mean, you see a lot of the, the action going on. You see the weaponry that Van Helsing has. He has these, like weird saw blade type things that he manages at one point to cut through the floor when the bell gets put on top of him i really thought that mr hyde was going to like ring the bell after he put it on uh you know van helsing's head but that would have been a little bit comical and they try to play a lot of this very very straight i mean there is comic relief but it really doesn't come from van helsing or the other characters in the film other than carl who we'll be talking about a little later on in this review So, of course, he's got all these different types of weapons that he can use, and he's like fucking Van Batman, man. He has a, a, like, utility belt of some sorts, because he gets thrown off the roof, and then he manages to pull out, like, a grappling hook type of gun thing that he shoots at Hyde and pierces Hyde all the way through. Doesn't really phase him, but he manages to save himself because... He's going to fall to his death off the top of Notre Dame. Well, not really the top. He gets thrown through one of the stained glass windows. He tries to pull Hyde off the building because now he's fallen down further enough that he feels that if he tugs him, he's able to pull him off with him. And, of course, he's going to survive the fall because he's not that far from the ground. Of course, Hyde is able to maintain his balance and he pulls him up and he keeps pulling him until he loses his balance on the other side of Notre Dame. And then he falls to his death. How fucking stupid is this? Like, I was really into the fight, and I was totally them going back and forth. Oh, is he going to catch him? Is he not going to catch him? What's going to go on? Oh, he pulls him up, and he gets him there. Maybe he swings him around. But nope, he slips. He falls off the damn thing, uh, and Van Helsing's able to get away unscathed. Though, Hyde does turn back into Dr. Jekyll as he falls to his death. And there's a little bit of blood on the ground. Oh, God. Okay, it's going to be one of those things where this is PG-13 because we need to get more butts in the seats. uh, And there's not really going to be a whole lot of violence. Even though we did see uh, Hyde get his arm cut off, but there's really nothing there. There's just a CGI arm on the ground, which shrunk back to be Dr. Jekyll's arm versus Hyde's arm. Which was kind of neat, but in general, eh, I really wish we would have seen a little bit more uh, on the violence side. 
So from here, uh, we see that the police, they are still trying to, you know, they're basically calling Van Helsing a murderer. And he goes back to Rome to where he goes, well, I guess to confession. Bless me, Father Friend. Yes, I know. You're very good at that. You shattered the rose window. Well, not to split here, sir, but it was Mr. Hyde who did the shattering. 13th century. Over 600 years old. I wish you a week in hell for that. It would be a nice reprieve. Don't get me wrong. Your results are unquestionable. But your methods attract far too much attention. Wanted posters. We are not pleased. Do you think I like being the most wanted man in Europe? Why don't you and the Order do something about it? Because we do not exist. Well, then neither do I. So, what exactly is this? This is like the Order, right? This is something of an underground thing within the Catholic Church where they go fight after these universal monsters. Well, we say universal monsters, but the monsters, the vampires, the werewolves, all those types of things. And he's the top killer. Uh, It really is not explained very well. I know that they found him at some point, uh, and he has no memory of things, but everything's just kind of in passing. Even one of the bigger plot points of the film, he says something in passing, which you'll hear, uh, and then it's brought up, and and I totally forgot what exactly happened. I was like, wait, that didn't go on, but I'm getting way ahead of myself. So, of course, he goes downstairs after the priest kind of blocks him off from exiting, uh, or the cardinal, or whatever the fuck it is. I'm I'm not a Catholic. Uh, and takes him down into where the order is, where it's like... What the fuck? This is like fucking like James Bond type of bullshit. Like, he's going down in there, this is the secret society, or this is the secret government agency, and he's the best one. So now he's not just Batman, he's fucking James Bond. Van Housling, Batman, Bond. Uh, what, the, what the fuck is going on? Well... Of course, they have it out a little bit more, uh, and they give him his van mission. Without us, the world would be in darkness. Governments and empires come and go, but we, we have kept mankind safe since time immemorial. We are the last defense against evil, an evil that the rest of mankind has no idea even exists. To you, these, these monsters are just evil beings to be vanquished. I'm the one that's standing there when they die and become the men they once were. For you, my good son, this is all a test of faith. And now, we need you to go to the east. To the far side of Romania. An accursed land, terrorized by all sorts of nightmarish creatures. Lorded over by a certain Count Dracula. Dracula? Yes. You've never faced one like this before. Our story begins 450 years ago, when a Transylvanian knight named Valerius the Elder promised God that his family would never rest nor enter heaven until they vanquished Dracula from their land. They have not succeeded, and they are running out of family. His descendant, Boris Valerius, king of the gypsies, he disappeared almost 12 months ago. His only son, Prince Velkan, and his daughter, Princess Anna. If the two of them are killed before Dracula is vanquished, nine generations of their family will never enter the gates of St. Peter. 
For more than four centuries, this family has defended our left flank. They gave their lives. We cannot let them slip into purgatory. So you're sending me into hell? In a manner. Well, didn't he tell you he wished you were going to spend some time down in hell? Like, extra time down there? So, guess where you're going? You're going to hell. And then he kind of walks him off and said, Okay, you need to go and basically see Carl. And that's when we're introduced to Carl. Uh, which is like the most generic name for any character in the entire movie. And he just happens to be Van Helsing's Q. There you are. Where? Did you bring Mr. Hyde back or did you kill him? You killed him, didn't you? That's why they get so annoyed. When they ask you to bring someone back, they don't mean it's a corpse. Oh, all right, you're in the mood. Well, come on. I've got a few things that'll put the bit back in your mouth. Oh, any idiot can make a sword. <coughs> oh, sorry, Father. Come along, Carl. And this is the common, like, spots for Carl. He's the comic relief of this film. There's no other way, really, to say it. Um, he just kind of is there to make funny things every now and then. And it's not the best. And it's weird to know that this guy was in 300 as well after this film. Uh, and as well as that really odd um, sequel that they did a little while later. So Carl shows him around, I guess, like the armory. And shows him all these things that he's been making. Including a Gatling gun and like a solar flare and a bottle. Uh, and then he shows him his, like, piece de resistance, and it's a goddamn crossbow. I understand. It's like a Gatling crossbow or, uh, an automatic crossbow or some shit, but really, the Gatling gun is so much more fucking impressive than the crossbow. It fires a bunch of stakes. I get it, but it becomes the most useless fucking weapon in the entire movie, because it's barely used it's only really used in one scene which is going to be coming up in just a little bit so van helsing tells carl that hey you've been instructed to come along with me of course carl he's not quite ready for it and he really doesn't want to go because he's not a field person uh van helsing lets him know that he's meant to keep him alive and so he has to go with him and then from here we go over to the forest where there's an obvious trap that's being set up for somebody set up for what we don't know quite yet but we know that this is the prince that was talked about earlier by the cardinal so his name it kind of escapes me every time i think about it but i believe that it's velkin and it's a name that you're just like okay i'm gonna forget that anyway and really he doesn't I mean, he has a big role to play in the film, uh, but for the purposes of remembering who the fuck he is, it really isn't easy. Now, Anna, she's constantly there with Van Helsing, so it's easy to remember fucking Anna's name, and then Dracula, Frankie, you know, and eventually he just kind of becomes, well, I don't want to say what he becomes, because we'll talk about that in a little bit. So Velkin here has set a trap. It's really obvious because he's like pretending to be tied to a pole, but it's obvious that his hands are not tied at all. And he's trying to provoke a werewolf. And the werewolf does come after him and he's able to jump up and they're able to spring the trap. Not before Anna goes all badass and shows why she's the main heroine of the film. And of course, her and her brother are the last in line in the family, and of course the ones that really want to kill Dracula to make sure that their family is accepted into the gates of heaven. Uh, and I guess the werewolf has something to do with Dracula. I don't know what it is, but it makes for kind of a cool scene, but terrible CGI, honestly, with the werewolf. 
They manage to capture it in a cage, but they can't contain it uh, or kill it because Velkin, he drops his silver bullets. Uh, well, his gun that has the silver bullets. And everybody there is just really bad at their job. I mean, they are just shooting wildly. They're shooting up at the damn werewolf while he is in the goddamn tree right behind it. And they don't even bother to worry about using his gun, which has the silver bullets. Like, he has to say something. They should already know, if they're trying to kill the werewolf, exactly how to kill it. At least Anna should know, right? It, it shouldn't just be up to Velkin to go ahead and tell the crowd, Hey, blah 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 blah, use my gun so it has silver bullets, and... uh it's so fucking annoying. So, the werewolf does eventually escape. He tries to go after Anna. Uh, at the last minute, Velkin jumps in front, shoots the werewolf, but gets thrown off the cliff. And we don't see him, well, for a while. We go back over to now these large uh, scenic views of the Romanian countryside as we see Carl and Van Helsing. They're traveling along the snow. And it's just like, feels like filler. I understand you're trying to do like, oh, look at how beautiful everything is and how grandiose and how cold and stuff. But really, you could have shown one of them. You don't need to show so many goddamn shots. Uh, And eventually, they do reach the town of Transylvania. Is it a town? Is it a city? Is it a township? I I really don't know what it is, but they do reach Transylvania, and that's, of course, Carl's perfect opportunity to ask Van Helsing what he remembers about his past. And this is where you get just kind of that fleeting... like moment of something that is important to the plot uh, that is just kind of, I don't know, said really quickly. Here, take a listen. So what do you remember? No, no, Carl. There must be something. I remember fighting the Romans at Masada. That was in 73 AD. You asked. What are we doing here? Why is it so important to kill this Dracula anyway? Because he's the son of the devil. I mean, besides that. Because if we kill him, anything bitten by him or created by him will also die. I mean, besides that. Welcome to Transylvania. Oh, look, the mob's already out, and they're a welcoming party for Van Helsing and Carl. I I still hate that name. Why would they call him Carl? Couldn't he have some cool, like monk type name does carl scream monk to you i mean van helsing anna kind of makes sense velkin look at that he's just some weird and then you know you got the mob that's here and also let me say that these people went really quick to go mob like the guy basically said welcome to transylvania and then all of a sudden everybody's got their pitchforks and fucking torches and they're getting ready to kill these people talking about we're gonna measure you for your coffins and all this crap like Seriously? That's how quick this takes? And that's all it took was for me to enter your town for you to be like, Boy, you don't belong here. And we got a coffin ready for you, boy. And I'm gonna make sure this mob burns you down like we did to Frankie and his daddy Frankenstein. Uh, Of course, Anna steps in and she basically, like, it's not mediate. But she kind of tries to figure out why Van Helsing's there. And while they're talking, the succubi attack. So three of them come in and and attack. And again, these names in these films, and I don't know, they all kind of look the same in terms of these succubuses, right? Especially when they're succubi and not when they're in their, like, human-like form. When they're in their more vampire-type form. So you've got Alira 
you've got Verona and you've got uh, Mariska or Mariska or however the fuck you pronounce her name. Uh, and they're basically chasing after uh, Van Helsing and Anna. But they're more trying to go after Anna because I guess they want to kill off the last of the bloodline. And that's exactly what Dracula wants. And what Dracula wants, Dracula gets. So they basically start having their like fight in the middle of the town. And Van Helsing, he brings out his super crossbow. Uh, and then starts just fucking barrages of fucking arrows going everywhere. Or crossbow bolts. Or, I don't know, maybe they're stakes. Whatever they are, he's just shooting wildly. And he even says at one point... Uh, this thing's no good. And I'm like, you just can't fucking aim. And even Carl says, you've got to aim for the heart. Like, you're just wildly shooting out there. In fact, there's one scene where the fucking succubus is chasing after Anna, and you're just firing like crazy. It could have fucking shot her in the back, in the head, in the fucking leg, and then the fucking succubus would have had her. Uh, Instead, you're such a bad shot that it goes fucking everywhere, and she's able to escape away from this one succubus. Uh, At one point, everything kind of calms down for a second because the sun comes out and all the vampires go hide. Yay, these people can be killed by sunlight. Wonderful. Uh, And then, of course, you get the scene from the trailer where they're looking down into the well because all of a sudden the sun's disappeared and then one of the succubuses, I don't know which one, uh, I'm going to say that it's Alira. Uh, grabs her. Well, I think it's the black-haired one. And I think the black-haired one is Verona. Um, she grabs the, uh, you know, Anna out from the air, takes her off, and throws her into a building. Uh, on the outside, uh, Mariska, see, I hate these fucking names. Uh, she's busy dodging Van Helsing. And she does do something kind of neat where she pulls out all the staves that are in her right now. And she's like, oh, you can't do anything to me. Meanwhile, uh, we actually have a confrontation with Anna, uh, Verona, and Alira. Did I do something to you in the past life? Don't play coy with me, princess. <laughs> I know what lurks in your lasting heart. I hope you have a heart, Alira. Because someday I'm going to drive a stake through it. <laughs> And that's when she gets bitch-slapped out of the house into the town square once again. It's also at this point that, uh, you know, Van Helsing, he's lost his crossbow, so he goes to get it. He gets beat up and knocked around as well. He gets knocked close by. He's able to dip the tip of the crossbow in holy water, and then he turns around, fires, kills the vampire, and the other two leave. Uh, everybody then gets very upset by the fact that they actually were able to kill one of the succubuses. But isn't that a good thing? Vampires only kill what they need to survive. Why not two people a month? Now, they will kill for revenge. Is always this popular? Pretty much. So what name, my good sir, do I carve on your gravestone? His name is Van Helsing. Your reputation precedes you. Wait, I thought his reputation was that of a murderer. 
like he had all those wanted posters and everybody thinks that he just kills men because they transform back when he's killed them and they only find the men bodies and not the monsters that they used to be so is that what she's referring to or does anna actually know about the order okay she actually has to know something about the order right because that is the right hand man uh so to say of the order and that's been protecting them so she knows exactly what's going on and who exactly he is uh and that does actually make a little more sense meanwhile we go back over to castle dracula and he's very distraught that one of his wives has died and he honestly uh he's become a real fucking whiny emo bitch why can't they just leave us alone we never kill more than our fill and less than our share. Can they say the same? Did I not stress how important it was to be finished with Anna Valerius before she destroys what we are trying to create? We lost Marishka. There, there, my darlings. Do not worry. I shall find another bride. What? Do we mean so little to you? Have you no heart? No! I have no heart! I feel no love! No fear! No joy! No sorrow! I am hollow. Okay, what? Like, this scene could have just been completely taken out of it. Like, there's just... Oh, man... He just, like, he starts walking up the wall, and then he's still having this whole monologue of, you know, oh, we'll just do this, and they're like, oh, well, you shouldn't have another wife, now there's two of us, so, you know, we can get more attention, and he's like, no, you are not good enough for me, and maybe that was the, you know, the one that he liked the most, like, he's really distraught because she was the best bang out of the three of them, right? Maybe because she died when she was younger and that shit's so fucking tight and it stayed tight because she's undead now. Meanwhile, those other two, it's like a hot dog down a fucking hallway and, you know, he doesn't want to deal with that anymore. I get it. You you lost your number one, so now he needs to go out and find himself another. But it's just so melodramatic and overdone. It's way over the goddamn top. I mean, (laughs) I know you want to bring some, like, I don't know, I guess you can say emotion to the role, but you're doing too much. Dracula doesn't need to be like that. He doesn't need to be a whiny little fucking bitch. Like, oh, I can't believe it. You don't have a heart. I don't have a heart. Because he's undead, get it? So he doesn't have a fucking heart or a fucking soul. It's freaking stupid. And of course, he's able to calm them down, calm themselves down. But we see in the distance that somebody is shocking the shit out of a werewolf. And that's when... Dracula calls over to him. Yes, master. Why do you torment that thing, sir? It's what I do. Remember, Igor. Do unto others. Before they do unto me, master. Now go. All of you! To Castle Frankenstein! You know what's really funny is the guy that plays Igor... He actually was in The Mummy as, like, the uh, little wimp to The Mummy. And I'm talking about the Brendan Fraser one from 1999. It's weird having all these people 
in this movie like they're all connected to really random films and i didn't even talk about the one that i just randomly found out about the girl that plays or the lady woman that plays alira uh who i guess is the head bitch and i only say that because i think she lasts the longest out of all three so she must be the uh succubus in charge or the sic and lo and behold uh the person that played alira is dr poison in the wonder woman films yeah this is one of the films that she is known for I was very surprised because she looks, she's much younger than she is in Wonder Woman, of course, because this is 13 years later. Uh, but, you know, it's really crazy that she is known for Wonder Woman and Van Helsing. Uh, also, with a, she's a Spanish actress, so of course, you know, that's why she has the accent there. Uh, but she managed to somehow make it sound kind of Romanian. Uh, instead of it being a Spanish accent on, you know, her English. So, that's a wonderful fun fact there. Is there are so many random people from random films in this. Uh, they all connect out to something else that I think that I've seen them in before. Uh, and, you know, here they are. They're in something that I actually have seen. Though, you know, I hope that Hugh Jackman guy, I really hope that he, you know, makes it big one day. So... From here, he decides to ditch uh, Igor and go back to his castle. And he wants Igor and his... Are those fucking minions? Like, yeah, they're minions, okay? They're minion minions. But they're, like, small and wearing goggles. and But they're black. Uh, I hope that that's not what those little yellow monstrosities are fucking based off of. Uh, it'd be appropriate, though, if they're fucking based off this movie. Goddamn peaches of shit. Wish they just all fucking die in a fucking fire uh so anyway he leaves uh igor and his helpers uh to go and take i guess the equipment over to dr frankenstein's castle while he disappears into a wall with his two wives i guess to get busy um i don't know but that's where it is so from here we then go over to the manor where uh, Anna and Van Helsing now are, and they're kind of discussing what needs to be done about Dracula and how Van Helsing is actually there to help. So how did you get here? We came by sea. Really? The sea? Well, yes. The Adriatic Sea? Well, yes. So where do I find Dracula? Uh, yes. He used to live in this very house four centuries ago. No one knows where he lives now. My father would stare at that painting for hours looking for Dracula's lair. So, that's why you've come? I can help you. No one can help me. I can try. You can die trying. All of my family has. I can handle this myself. So I noticed. The vampires attacked in daylight. They never do that. I was unprepared. It won't happen again. So, why did they attack in daylight? Clearly, they wanted to catch me off guard. They seem almost desperate to finish off my family. Why is that? Why now? You ask a lot of questions. Hmm. Usually I ask only two. What are we dealing with and how do I kill it? My father spent most of his life looking for answers, year after year. Tearing through the tower, combing through the family archives. Call the tower. Start there. Oh, right. The only way to save your family is to stay alive until Dracula's killed. And who will kill him if not me? Who will show courage if not me? If you go out there alone, you'll be outmanned and outpositioned. And you can't see in the dark. In the morning, we will hunt. And as she's leaving, he turns her around and he uses some type of, like, knockout gas on her just to make sure that she doesn't leave because she's very, very headstrong. 
He's trying to make sure that she survives this whole encounter so that eventually, well, at least before they kill Dracula, so that way she's actually going to be able to get into heaven. Um, we then turn over into night, and she wakes up just randomly. And and before I go on, can we talk a little bit about the accent? Some are going to say it's not bad. Some are going to say it's fucking terrible. I think it wavers. Like, it, it's consistently in and out. Now, I know that Kate Beckinsale is British, so it's, like, got that tinge, right? Like, she just turned her British accent just a little bit and made it sound a little, I don't want to say racist, but, like, stereotypical. Uh, and then that's what she's using for the rest of the film. So it's like a weird hybrid of stereotype Romanian and British speaking, uh, <laughs> British speaking, I mean British accent, uh, that goes throughout the film. So here at night she wakes up and then she actually runs into a werewolf that's running around the halls there where they're at. And then she goes over into one of the open areas after she shoots at the werewolf and she runs into her brother, who is trying to tell her what Dracula's secret is. Falcon? Oh my god, you're alive! No, no, I only have a moment. Falcon, there's Listen a werewolf. I know Dracula's secret. He has a book. Falcon? Please! And this is where Velkin turns into a werewolf because the full moon happens to be out right now. Uh, And I guess there's some weird lore with werewolves and how they're related to Dracula, that Dracula remains control of them for some reason. Um, And I I don't know, it's explained a little bit later when Dracula and Velkin again meet up a little bit later in the film. Uh, Van Helsing comes in after the transformation scene, which isn't terrible, okay? It's actually neat that he's like, he. I don't like the fact that he's like crawling up the wall as he's transforming. And it's obviously like, you know, CGI in terms of it. It'd be nice that it was a practical effect because the other thing I do like about this film very much is there are a lot of practical effects in it. And a lot of the backgrounds feel like big practical like paintings they may be cgi but they feel like the old universal movies where they would show the landscape and it'd be like a painting that's in the background that would be the castle and the or the town or wherever they're at and even when they like walk down the hallway something like that to show that depth and that perspective uh you know they'd be walking just down a studio lot but they have this grandiose painted background that's back there And a lot of the times you get that feeling in this film, Uh, which is great because it's a great nod back to the Universal Monsters. But here, I would have liked to have seen uh, a more traditional uh, practical effect transformation of the werewolf. But the idea that he tears off his own skin and underneath there's the wolf skin and the fur, that's kind of cool. It's just PG-13, so it really has no impact. Like, if it was, like, uh, one of the greatest transformation scenes is American Werewolf in London, right? And it's bloody, it's disgusting, but it's so fucking cool. And you're like, you're so into it when you see him transform and his hands creak and the mouth extends, all that stuff. And I'm expecting maybe something like this, but again, 
motherfucking PG-13 is not going to allow that to happen. So, after he transforms fully into a wolf, Van Helsing steps in and tries to shoot him, but he's unable to connect with his bullet, so he chases him outside. Uh, On the outside, again, Van Helsing runs into the gravedigger, who, for some weird reason, has this odd conversation with him. Nice night. This is a bit tight for me, but for you, it's a perfect fit. What a coincidence. I see the wolfman hasn't killed you yet. Don't worry, he's getting to it. You don't seem too bothered by him. Oh, I'm no threat to him. I'm just the one who cleans up after him. If you get my meaning. Too late. Bidding graves, isn't it? Never too late to dig graves. You never know when you need a fresh one. So Grave Robber Dude, or Grave Digger, or whatever the fuck he is, he goes in and tries to attack Van Helsing, but he's able to catch... Van Helsing is able to catch the uh, shovel that he was using uh, before he can strike him in the back of the head. Of course, this is also when Velkin jumps out as werewolf guy and knocks into Gravedigger and pushing and killing him in one of his own graves. Which seems a little weird. Like, he just got kind of knocked into by Wolf Velkin. He didn't really do anything. He didn't claw at him. He didn't bite him. There's no blood. So, how do I know how much damage was actually done to the poor Grave Digger guy? Was it just the impact of it, or was it just the fact that he fell in his own grave? Like, did this guy, like, dig graves in the moment that you go inside of them, you die? Because, really, the CIA should hire that motherfucker. Just have him dig random graves all over the place, and then just, you know, do the thing where you get behind your friend on your knees, and then somebody comes up and push them, and you push them right into the fucking grave. Boom! They're dead, and you've accomplished your mission. Grave digger graves. That's the way to go. So, Van Helsing tries to shoot at the wolf guy with his, uh, I guess, silver bullets that he has in his gun. And Anna comes and stops him from shooting it, explaining to him that, you know, we can't do that, that's my brother. And of course, Van Helsing already knows that's her brother, and she's a little miffed that he was going to kill him. He has to explain to her that, hey... Uh, you know, he's going to turn into a mindless wolf and he's going to kill you regardless, so might as well kill him first while the getting's good. This doesn't sit very well with her, but she still agrees to go chase after him. He also agrees that, okay, look, we'll find, we'll try to help him, because I guess when the clock strikes 12 on midnight of a full moon, then you don't turn into the full transformation of the werewolf, um, and if you can stop it beforehand, then you don't become Dracula's slave. Yeah, very convoluted, very weird. I guess that's just what we're going to go with for this film. So all werewolves are Dracula's slaves, supposedly. So they go to Frankenstein Castle together to both save her brother and maybe to see if Dracula's hanging out. What is this place? Castle Frankenstein. But it should be abandoned. I don't understand. The man who lived here was killed a year ago. Grave robber, among other things. A year ago? It's just after that that your father went missing. Yes. He was looking for Dracula. He was on his way to the sea. Hmm. I've never been to the sea. I'll bet it's beautiful. Okay, I don't get 
what adding that line to that whole situation does? Like, do you have to feel sorry for her that she's never seen the sea? Like, what is the emphasis that we're trying to put at this point in the movie with that specific line? From here, we cut over to Dracula inside of Frankenstein's castle, and we see that he's now talking with Velkin, and he's very upset by the fact that he went to go see his sister. I send you on a simple errand to find out who our new visitor is. You have to stop for a little chat with your sister. Leave her out of this count. She doesn't know your secret, and I am soon to take it to my grave. Don't wish for death so quickly. I intend for you to be quite useful. I would rather die than help you. Oh, don't be boring. Everyone who says that dies. Besides, tonight, after the final stroke of midnight, you will have no choice but to obey me. Look familiar? Father? No! He proved useless, but I'm hoping with werewolf venom running through your veins, you will be of greater benefit. So, we now get to see exactly what Dracula's plan is. And we cut back over to Van Helsing and Anna, and they're walking through the castle. And that's where they come upon all these random sacks. And now they understand what exactly Dracula's trying to do. You ever see these things before? No. What do you think they are? Offspring. What? A man with three gorgeous women for 400 years. Yes. Vampires are the walking dead. It only makes sense that children are born dead. He's obviously trying to bring them to life. Now, in most films that are shorter than this movie, this would be the beginning of Act 3, right? Because we already had, uh, you know, we've, we know who Dracula is, and eventually he's going to get to him, and the final showdowns would be happening soon. Uh, and you got the Wolfman, who would probably fight against Anna, and then she'd have to win in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and we've already been attacked by his underlings. I don't even know where the fuck Frankie is. We saw him at the beginning of the film, and now all of a sudden we're, you know, he's nowhere to be fucking seen. And you got all these egg sacks, right? Because <clears throat> here is Dracula's ultimate plan here is to bring his offspring to life. Because as Van Helsing said, that I guess when he mates with his brides, uh, they create undead children which have no life and need to be brought to life. So whatever the contraption that they're going to use is going to bring these little ball sack monsters to life. I mean, seriously, it's nothing but a bunch of floating fucking testicles in this room. They're hanging upside down. They've got, like, jizz oozing out of them, especially when they decide to start digging in. Oh, let's see what's in these. And then it's, like, layer after layer after layer of jizz. It's just going all over the place. It's hella thick and creamy and flowing on his hands and... and Anna's getting excited because just no one. And then all of a sudden, like a hand pops out from the back. Meanwhile, her brother is getting shocked to shit, and that's what's giving the uh, like life energy to these whatever they are babies, I guess, vampire babies. And they bust out all of their ball sacks to go out a feeding frenzy. Dracula goes and sends the two wives that are still available to go show the kids how to eat on the townspeople that are coming by. Earlier, he said they only eat what they need to survive. Now, I guess, since he's got all these fucking, like, little fucking mouths to feed, he's got to fucking wipe out the human race just to make sure that his race survives. But what happens when there's no more humans left? 
Like, he, they're not going to be able to eat anymore. They're not going to be able to survive. They're just going to fucking die off. Like, I guess maybe he's going to start making, like, human camps where you raise the humans till they're a certain age, and that's the ones that you eat. Um, I don't know. I don't know what his long-term goal is, but a short-term goal is to have his babies go out there and feed on the townspeople of Transylvania. And, of course... As the vampire babies and the two succubi are approaching the town, everybody's like, What? What's that sound? Oh, I was inside my house where I'd probably be fucking safe, but instead, I'm gonna walk out into the street and see what the fuck is going on. Oh my god! It's fucking vampire babies! Oh! Instead of running back inside of my house, I'm gonna stay out here and let them grab me! No! And that's what fucking happens. It's... It's dumb. Like, how can villagers be that dumb? You see them, they don't even, like, really run away. They just kind of get grabbed by everything. Uh, And some get taken away, some don't. Uh, It's just kind of a mess. Meanwhile, back over at Frankenstein's castle, uh, Van Helsing has... He's finally gone to go confront Dracula. Meanwhile, Anna, she's going to go try to save her brother uh, from whatever the contraption that Igor has planted him in that's causing the life waves to spread out. And when Van Helsing first runs in with Dracula, they have kind of an interesting meeting where Dracula kind of talks at him and doesn't really know what type of person he really is. You can tell the character of a man by the sound of his heartbeat. Usually, when I approach, I can almost dance to the beat. Strange that yours is so steady. From here, it cuts over to where Anna is with her brother. She's trying to save him, and he tells her to go because he's actually turning into the werewolf, and he's going to remain a werewolf and under Dracula's control. She doesn't listen to him, of course, and then he reaches up and he tries to grab her and tries to choke her out from the mouth. Uh, weird place to try to choke somebody out but if from there after he's got his claws around her face it goes back over to dracula who actually kind of recognizes who van helsing is you see van helsing what he ended up doing was using a silver stake to try to stab him in the heart which doesn't work is this your silver stake How long has it been? Three, four hundred years? You don't remember, do you? Exactly what is it I should be remembering? You are the great Van Helsing, trained by monks and mullahs from Tibet to Istanbul. Protected by Rome herself. But... Like me, hunted by all others. The Knights of the Holy Order know all about you. It's no surprise you would know about me. Oh, yes, but it's much more than this. <laughs> we have such history, you and I, Gabriel. Have you ever wondered why you have such horrible nightmares? 
horrific scenes of ancient battles past. How do you know me? Okay, so this is where we have something that was just kind of said in passing become a big plot point of the movie. So, Dracula knows Van Helsing, but knows him as Gabriel. Now, you tie that how you want, I'm pretty sure you can figure out what Gabriel is. When Dracula asks him about past memories, it's kind of a, it was kind of a shock to me because, honestly, I didn't pay attention enough until I was grabbing the audio for this fucking podcast. So, I was like, we've never seen a flashback. We've never seen anything inside Van Helsing's head, but that one kind of throwaway line where Carl asked him, what do you remember? Like, that's how we're supposed to connect this all together, and somehow that Dracula knows exactly what happened way back then when Van Helsing had no memory of what was going on. So, it's a weird plot point that I wish, instead of some of the other shots that they've done, have a flashback. Say, do, what do you remember? And he doesn't want to talk about it, but all of a sudden we see back, he's in the Roman garb, he's fighting somebody, but we don't know who it is. Like, make it more important rather than just a fucking line in the movie. It's those things that I feel like are really lazy when it comes to the script of this thing. And at the same time, it's something that you want to stress importance to, but you don't put any importance to when we were told that this was happening. We we don't know a whole lot about the Van Helsing character and what he has in his past, other than that people see him as a murderer, he works for the Order, and he has dreams every now and then of things that happened before, but that could be anything, honestly. So... Van Helsing manages to get away because he can't kill him with a stake and he can't do anything with his cross. We go back over to the town and we see that Carl's out there and he's surprised at all the little vampires running around as well. But then all of a sudden, well, he does manage to save some girl uh, and she asks, oh, what can I do for you? And he's like, oh, you can fuck me. And she's like, wait, aren't you a monk? He's like, no, I'm a friar. So I guess friars can fuck, monks can't. I, I don't know the whole philosophy of these things. But isn't this also a sin because it's fucking out of wedlock? I mean, unless it's okay because she's a random townswoman. Or maybe he went and he married her first and then he had sex with her. And then we can't annul it anymore. So I guess he's stuck with her for the rest of his life. Eh, man, you fucked up. So all of a sudden, kind of out of the middle of nowhere, the vampire babies just start fucking exploding. They explode all over the place. Because the life force that's been taken from the werewolf is not good enough to sustain life within these undead babies. So, of course, his entire brood that he had there in Frankenstein's castle is annihilated and none of the townspeople are killed in this situation. At least I don't think so. In the beginning, you see a couple people fly off, but it doesn't really seem like they went anywhere else and they didn't start feeding anybody. They were just kind of carrying them off screen and it was really actually kind of shitty i really wish they had actually gone through and maybe killed a couple people so we could see what the little vampire things can do so we can be a little more afraid of them we then cut over to anna and van helsing who are walking towards the burned down mill and they're arguing about the fact that yeah there's really nothing that can kill fucking dracula silver stick a crucifix what did you think we haven't tried everything before we've shot him stabbed him clubbed him Sprayed him with holy water, staked him through the heart, and still he lives. Do you understand? No one knows how to kill Dracula. 
Oh, I could have used that information a little earlier. Uh, don't give me that look. And they get underneath the, the burnt remains of the mill, and they manage to get some shelter from the rain that's going on on the outside. What also surprises me is this whole place fucking burned down, and I mean it burned down and kind of exploded, yet there are still bottles of absinthe just randomly sitting there. Like, why aren't those things exploded, or why didn't the glass melt, or why are they just still fucking there, and why would you just randomly start taking swigs of fucking absinthe? You know that shit is gonna fuck with your head, and the fact that you're not even using a sugar cube to dilute some of it means that you are going to get fucked up i mean time is going to stand still and this isn't the weak fucking absinthe that you can get and you know when you're in the u.s uh this is like the real deal shit the stuff that's illegal to fucking import over here okay and the fact that maybe it's been burned a little bit is gonna add something so you're gonna start seeing some fucking heffalumps and woozles the moment that you take a swig of that fucking delicious fucking absinthe And of course, there's some, like, I don't know, weird sexual tension between the two of them that they're trying to explain, but there's not enough time to get it going because they end up dropping through the floor of the windmill. Meanwhile, we go back over into the mansion, uh, Anna's mansion, and we see that Carl is laying next to, well, that girl, so I guess they did bone or something like that. He gets up, he's surprised that she's there. Well, you're the one that invited her, right? Unless you expected, you know to kick her out right after you did your deed so not only are you a sinner you're a fucking asshole at least make her fucking breakfast man uh and he accidentally hits something which reveals a painting that has more clues about dracula even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf pain blooms and the moon is shining bright or crave another's blood when the sun goes down and his body takes to flight. This is when the painting comes to light and you see these two guys fighting with their swords and their shields and eventually one becomes a vampire and one becomes a werewolf. Uh, he also gets freaked out and then we cut back over to seeing uh, Van Helsing and Hannah now searching the underneath of the windmill and this is where they get to meet Frankie. He's a size 17, about 360 pounds, eight and a half to nine feet tall. He has a bad gimp in his right leg and uh, three copper teeth. How do you know he has copper teeth? Because he's standing right behind you. Boom! Oh, my God. The Frankenstein monster. Monster! Who's the monster here? I hate Frankenstein monsters actor. I like the fact that they called him the Frankenstein monster, but the way that he does the role is like, I don't know. Like I said, it sounds a little like Peter Boyle and, but at the same time, it sounds like he's trying to be some like thespian type of actor and he's constantly talking in like almost iambic pentameter like shakespearean type of lines it's fucking ridiculous the way that he does it 
I guess it's a really good actor and they're trying to give some life to the Frankenstein monster, but poor Frankie here, he really doesn't have a whole lot of point to the movie. I mean, he has a big plot point, but did you need to get somebody who's going to overact that much for this role? You could have just gotten anybody that could have donned the suit. Shit, one of the guys that fucking did Jason at some point could have been the fucking Frankenstein monster, and it would have been kind of cool if maybe he didn't talk so eloquently uh and he wasn't such a whiny little bitch about how people are going to find him so van helsing is able to subdue frankie here with a couple of well-timed poison darts or sleeping darts or whatever the fuck he has he's fucking batman okay uh he has this whole utility belt of bullshit but this is not before the wolfman figures out exactly where they are to tell, I guess, Dracula and his kin that they found the Frankenstein monster. Now, Van Helsing thinks he has a plan and he has a way to keep uh, the Frankenstein monster safe if he takes him to Rome. Then Dracula won't have anything to do with him. Because they kind of figure out that he is the key to giving the everlasting life to the vampire babies if they use Frankenstein instead of anything else. So they bring him back over to the mansion where Frankie gets to meet Carl. And then the painting came alive. The two creatures attacked each other. What does it mean? I don't know. Now listen, Carl, whatever you do, don't stare at him. I'm staring at him. Is that a man? Actually, it's seven men. Aren't some of them anyway? By exposing me, you have condemned me! Me and all of you, man! Nothing is faster than Transylvanian horses. Not even a werewolf. Anything else? So from here we get an exciting chase sequence where, of course, she says that nothing is fast enough to catch up to these Transylvania horses, but the Wolfman and the Succubi are able to catch up to them just fine, but they do lay a trap, which is very interesting, at least for the Succubus. The film tries to fake you out as well as, I guess, Van Helsing fakes out the two Succubi, by just following on Van Helsing with one carriage. And then when they get to the bridge, where they're unable to make it because the bridge has been put out, uh, they do jump it. Like, the horses have massive fucking hops. They're able to jump perfectly over this ravine, but the edge of the carriage can't make the jump. So it starts falling down the cliff, and of course, the succubi, they want to make sure they can get Frankenstein's monster out of the carriage. So Verona, she flies down to go rescue it, and as she gets the door open right before it hits the bottom of the uh, canyon that's there, or whatever the fuck it is, the ravine, uh, she realizes that it's a trap, there's a bunch of stakes that are inside of the carriage, so the moment it hits down and explodes, it just sends those stakes everywhere, and she fucking takes like three, two through the chest and one through the heart, ultimately killing Verona and only leaving Alira left to fend and to suck Dracula's dick, and also provide him kids. Um, the other carriage... It does get by, Van Helsing catches up with it, but who else catches up with him? Why, it's the werewolf. The werewolf's able to catch up. Oh, so much for these fast fucking Transylvania horses, because everybody and their mom has fucking caught up to you. I'm pretty sure that we're going to see something else in in just a second. Like, there's going to be a fucking, like, hummingbird that all of a sudden is going to be flying and keeping pace along with the goddamn carriage, because as fast as these things are, everybody's caught up with them. And not only that, your carriage is now on fire. Some 
way. When the wolfman jumps at the carriage and he rolls along the top or he scrapes on the top, his nails must be like flint and he just strikes it like a match and sets the whole top of the carriage on fucking fire. And it also knocks over Anna and Van Helsing off the sides, opposite sides of the carriage. Uh, Anna is on the worst side because she's falling off a cliff, but Van Helsing is about to get his balls crushed by one of the freaking spokes. So Frankie here, he asks Carl to take off the chain so that he can save Van Helsing and then Carl can save Anna, which does work and Carl does agree to. But the thing is, is that I understand with Frankenstein here, Frankie, pulling Van Helsing and be able to throw him on the roof because he's supposed to be really strong, right? But Carl's able to do that with Anna, so Carl's got super fucking strength. I understand Anna's a little lighter. She is a lady. You know, she doesn't weigh as much as as Mr. Van Helsing here, so it makes sense that Carl could help her up, but to be able to throw her to the front of the damn thing, uh, it doesn't make any sense. So they're able to escape and jump out of the carriage before it explodes, uh, and then the wolf is chasing after Van Helsing, and Van Helsing manages to kill Velkin uh, before he gets a chance, but Velkin does bite Van Helsing, thus dooming him to becoming a werewolf eventually. There's not a whole lot of time for Anna and Van Helsing to argue the reasons why Van Helsing killed her brother. Because the remaining succubus, she comes down and she takes away Anna. And they have to follow after her. So our three trepid adventurers, Van Helsing, Carl, and Frankie, they're in some now nondescript town uh, where they're approached by Alira, And she tells them that Dracula wants to make a trade. What do you want? The master commands a trade. The monster? For the princess. So my public. Lots of people. A place where your master will be less inclined to expose his, his other side. Tomorrow night is All Hallows Eve. Here in Budapest. There is a wonderful masquerade ball. <laughs> oh, so they're in Budapest. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, I was just messing with you guys earlier. I knew they were in some nondescript city just because they showed up and walked out underneath like a fucking bridge type thing like bridge trolls. Doesn't mean I didn't know where they were at this point in the film. And how dare they throw a Halloween into this fucking movie right here. Ooh, they're gonna have a celebration because it's All Hallows' Eve. It's already fucking October 31st in this film. Time fucking flies. I don't even know what's going on. And he's only got two days, supposedly, before he turns into a wolf. So Van Helsing, he puts a plan together and decides that they need to knock out Frankie so that they can take him over to where this whole party is going to happen. Because there might be some sort of trade, there might not be some sort of trade. And of course, you know, you know what's going to go on with this film. So they go ahead and lock Frankie up inside of a tomb, and that's when Carl wonders if they're actually sinning by leaving Frankie there. Well, they won't find him in here. I'm sure this is some sort of sin. Don't worry, God will forgive us. We need to save Anna. You don't think the head's split much, do you? Oh, help me! Oh, right. 
How many commandments can we break in one day? Anyway, according to the book, you won't turn into a werewolf until the rising of your first full moon. That's two nights from now. Even then, you'll still be able to fight Dracula's hold over you until the final stroke of midnight. Sounds like I have nothing to worry about. Oh, my God, you should be terrified. Thank you. Sorry. Well, we still have 48 hours to find a solution. You sure you can't get out of there? Not without some help from the dead. And that's where you see a hand randomly reach out of one of the graves. They go over to a house where the giant house party is going on. There's a ton of guests. Everybody's in a masquerade ball. So they're all wearing those weird masks and just kind of dancing around. I think the weirdest thing that I noticed in this scene was the guy that was balancing on a ball while playing the violin. One, that's pretty cool to see that somebody could do that. Two, why would you want to display that? It makes no sense to me like, oh, I'm this important that I've got somebody that can just stand on a ball and play a violin for me. Uh, I wonder if he can get into a hoedown. He can turn that thing into a fiddle and then he can do, 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 while he's, you know, on top of the ball. That would be pretty badass. I think I want that for my next birthday. Gonna have to mark that down. I need a guy that can balance on ball and play fiddle maybe have friend who has jug band along with it all right yeah that'll be good that'll be good the other thing i want to mention about is carl and carl talking about how they're sinning for doing what they're doing but didn't you already sin by fucking that lady a little while ago by basically saying hey i saved your life i'm gonna have sex with you outside of wedlock so why are you so worried about putting frankenstein inside of a tomb that's going to protect him and keep him hidden and not worried about the sex that you had with some random lady because you saved her from exploding fucking vampires what the fuck man so also inside this masquerade ball we see that dracula is dancing with anna and he's kind of put a spell on her How does it feel to be a puppet on my screen? I won't let you trade me, Count. I have no intention of trading you. And if I know Van Helsing, which I do, he's not planning on making a trade either. Neither of us has ever settled for half. And that's when Van Helsing and Carl show up, and we get some of the worst green screen sequences in the film. I mean, there's been some pretty bad ones, but this is the worst. See, Van Helsing is going to use the trapeze to fly over to eventually go back and get Anna and take her back to her spot. But, like, the way that it looks is just terrible. Like... I don't know if it's a sign of the times. Uh, this is 2004. I'm pretty sure that it could have been blended a little better. But it looks really bad and really fake. Um, I, I just, like, I know that Hugh can do these stunts. I mean, I've seen him do some of the extras from, you know, Wolverine and whatnot. But I, I guess maybe they didn't want him hanging so high. I, I don't know. It just looks really, really fucking terrible. There is kind of a cool scene where uh, Anna looks into a mirror and there's nobody there that you can see in the mirror. So you get the hint that everybody there is a fucking vampire. And the only person that you can see in the mirror actually is Anna. Well, Van Helsing does manage to go and rescue Anna. uh, But that's not before Dracula has been set on fire. And he takes her to the top of the building. uh, And that's when we find out that 
Dracula actually has also nabbed Frankie. Gabriel. Gabriel. Oh, Gabriel. Welcome to my summer palace. Vigilate! Master, Master! Look, Master, look! We have him, Master. We have him. I wretched undead! I shall have my revenge! Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death! I shall fear no evil! You are nothing but damned bones and damned souls and will burn in the flames of So Dracula sends all of his vampire cronies after Anna, Carl, and Van Helsing. And Carl realizes what that one thing that he had made before in the beginning of the film was actually going to be good for. And what is it... It's a fucking light bomb, okay? It's a big giant solar flare. He should have used the goddamn bomb on the fucking little baby vampire motherfuckers. But instead, he decides at this point in the film that this is exactly what it's used for. So he sets it off. It's bright fucking sunlight. And it basically kills, I think, everything that's in there, including the kid vampires. Man, you're killing men, women, and children vampires? How fucking vile are you? Like, the kids didn't do anything wrong. They're just fucking vampires, man. Anyway, they're able to jump into the water down below, and they start to try to chase after Igor, who's taking Frankie out into the ocean. Of course, when the gate drops down, it stops them from moving forward and gets uh, Van Helsing very, very upset. Upset so much by the fact that he needs to save Frankie because he's not evil. And of course, this is when Carl tells him exactly what was going to happen to Frankie, even if they killed Dracula. I must save him. No, you can't. Why? I cabled Rome earlier to apprise them of our situation. What did they say? Even if you somehow kill Dracula, Rome orders you to destroy Frankenstein as well. He isn't evil. Yes, but they say he isn't human either. Do they know him? Have they talked with him? Who are they to judge? They want you to destroy him so he can never be used to harm humanity. And what of me? Did you tell them what I'm to become? Did you tell them how to kill me? Correct angle of the stake as it enters my heart? No! He's that measure of silver in his bullet! Ha! No, I lift you up! Okay, you really haven't talked with him either. Unless there's some deleted scene that need to be put in here before you guys actually got to Budapest that showed that it was like, Frankie and me, Frankie and me, I'm hanging out with my big buddy, oh, Frankie and me. Like, they're going through the fields and they're skipping and they really cherish their friendship with each other. Unless there's that bullshit, you don't know what the fuck Frankenstein wants, and every time he's told you, don't do this, I just want to do this, you haven't fucking listened to them. I think the only thing that he's kind of reflecting upon is the fact that he actually saved his life when he could have just killed him or killed everybody when he was let go. So it shows that he has some humanity and he says, I can't find any evil in him, he's only good. Well, they decide that they got to figure out a way to get to Dracula's castle. And that's where they go back to her estate, which supposedly is somehow connected to it. And Carl gives the big breakdown of exactly 
where Dracula came from and what the true story of the legend is. All right, Carl. What have you learned? That Count Dracula was actually the son of Valerius the Elder, the son of your ancestor. Everybody knows that. What else? Oh, oh all right. Well, according to this rubbing, it all started when Dracula was murdered. Do you know who murdered him? No, no, no. There's just some vague reference to the left hand of God. And in 1462, when Dracula died, he made a covenant with the devil. And was given a new life. But the only way he could sustain that life is by drinking the blood of others. Uh, excuse me, are you going to let me tell the story? Sorry. Sorry. And your ancestor, having sired this evil creature, went to Rome to seek forgiveness. That's when the bargain was made. He was to kill Dracula in return for eternal salvation of his entire family, right down the line, all the way to you. But he couldn't do it. As evil as Dracula was, my ancestor couldn't kill his own son. So he banished him to an icy fortress, sending him to a door from which there was no return. And then the devil gave him wings. Yes. All right, so where is his door? I don't know. But when your ancestor couldn't kill his son, he left clues. So that future generations might do it for him. So that's where they decide that the giant map that he's been looking at uh, that actually is how to get to Dracula's castle. But they're like, how exactly do we do it? And you notice down the bottom left hand of the big giant map that it's missing a piece. Oh, guess who has it? Well, Van Helsing has it. Because the Cardinal gave it to him in the beginning of the fucking movie. And she's like, how did you get that piece? And he's like, I've had it. And then he puts it there, and it creates like this giant mirror that's in front of him. They determine that that's the way to get to Dracula's castle and they can just walk through the mirror because even though he doesn't have a reflection, he can use those as like his transportation devices. So they go over into Dracula land. Uh, Van Helsing shows off some of his wolf power and wolf strength by jumping up the side of the castle to get inside and they accidentally run into Igor. Well, Igor is very surprised that they're actually able to get inside the castle. So while they've got Igor pinned up against the wall, they try to get him to tell them where Frankie is. But of course, he randomly just starts showing up, being pulled up in this giant fucking ice block as they're interrogating Igor. And Frankie lets them know that, hey, there actually is a cure to that werewolfism. There is a cure. What? Dracula, he has a cure to remove the curse of the werewolf. Go. Find the cure. So they interrogate Igor some more and they figure out that in one tower is where the cure is and then the other tower is where the machine where he took all of Frankenstein's uh, equipment so that they can use it with Frankie to generate the life force to bring all the other fucking sacks that are in this house to life. And there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of sacks that you can see there. So that is a terrible amount of vampire jizz. I mean, they must have been like storing these babies for years and years and years and years. They're just giving birth to stillborns and they're going to keep them up and hang them as decorations for as long as they, I guess, are married. Um, well, I mean, basically, they're the, the women are hypnotized to be like forever loving with him, right? So even if he doesn't love them anymore, they're always going to give it up whenever he wants. So I guess if that's the way that you want to have weird undead vampire babies, I guess you need to find yourself a succubus. So they decide then to come up with a plan that's going to allow them both to get the cure that Van Helsing needs to no longer be a werewolf 
and also save the day. Now, the reason why they want to do this is because the only thing that they found out that can kill Dracula is a werewolf. Here's the plan. When the bell begins to toll midnight, you'll be able to kill Dracula. We just need to find the cure and get it into you before the final stroke. Are you insane? What kind of plan is that? If they even suspect you of misleading them. Clip off one of his fingers. Mm. I'll clip off something. The tower over there, that's where it is. And what about the other tower? Uh, Give me that! That is where we reassemble the laboratory. Would I lie to you? (laughs) Not if you wanted to live. (laughs) Now... I'm not cured by the twelfth stroke of midnight. I don't think I could. You must. So he wants to make sure that he gets killed and he doesn't remain a werewolf and get put under Dracula's trance if he's not able to get the cure. So there's a stupid romantic interlude between Anna and Van Helsing where they kiss. Then Anna and Carl run off to go and try to find the werewolf cure with Igor. Meanwhile, Dracula is talking about how science is greater than God uh, with Frankenstein. Frankenstein is like, no, you can't use me for evil. And he's like, watch me. I'm going to use you for evil and you're going to like it. And so he starts raising him up to the roof for the lightning to strike him to send down the life force to the sacks. Uh, we cut back over and we see that Van Helsing is getting close by. He beats up one of the minions. It looks like a pug when he punches it in the face. Uh, we also go see Carl and Igor. And Igor basically tricks them uh, while they see the werewolf serum, the cure inside this weird floating thing. Um, he, they get entranced. Well... Anna gets entranced, and then Carl's not paying attention, so Igor kind of just like kicks him and then drops the uh, gates so they can't get out. Carl and Anna figure out there's got to be something with the liquid that's kind of around the syringe. It looks very malleable on the inside, and so they are kind of going back and forth. Well, I don't want to get it. I don't want to get it. And eventually, the succubus Alira shows up and has her like standoff with Anna. Uh, Anna knocks over whatever is containing the vampire serum and basically covers her in acid, takes part of the glass without anything on her hands, mind you, and then throws it onto the bars of the cage, which each right through it. I don't know how this works, but she seems pretty fucking invulnerable. I mean, she's been thrown through houses, she's been knocked all over the place, bitch slapped through walls, now she's able to pick up glasses that had, like, acid in it and perfectly hold it, throw it onto a vampire, and throw it onto a goddamn wall. Like, she's completely impervious. Like, I don't know what the fuck is gonna stop her. So she convinces Carl that he needs to go away because she needs to face head-on Alira, And Carl can get the serum to Van Helsing before he starts his fight with Dracula. Or while he's fighting with Dracula. As long as he gets it before the end. Van Helsing makes his way up to the top of the roof of the other tower so that he can break Frankie free of all the restraints that he has on him on that slab. He's able to get everything but one because he gets interrupted by what's kind of going on down with Dracula. Eventually, Frankie is able to actually get freed from it, but the way that he does is so fucking ridiculous. Like, 
he gets really shocked by it, and this shock sends him flying forward and over the edge and falling downwards, and he grabs, like, wires as he's falling down. The CG is very, very bad for falling Frankie, but again, a lot of it's, like, green screen, him, like, probably on something pretending to fall, and then the background's changing around him. And he's grabbing all these wires and stuff as he's falling. Meanwhile, down on the bridge, Igor is now going after Carl because Carl can't pass one part. And while he's trying to take Carl out, all of a sudden Frankie comes out of the middle of nowhere and knocks him off the bridge. But he's hanging on the edge by just a little bit of the wire and he calls for Carl's help. Help me! But you're supposed to die! I want to live! Alright! While Carl saves Frank in this situation, uh, we have Alira. She's fighting against Selena inside the other room. She's turned off all the torches and making her fight into the dark because I guess vampires have better sight in the dark. I don't fucking know. Uh, but. All of a sudden, Frankie comes through, and he fucking drop kicks Alira into the back. He says the one thing that he can do for Anna is he can hold her back and make sure that Anna gets to Van Helsing with the cure. Uh, Van Helsing and Dracula are starting to face off. They're not really fighting yet, uh, but they, they are getting ready and talking about everything that's kind of going down until it is time to actually throw down. You are too late, my friend. My children live. Then the only way to kill them is to kill you. Got it. So be it. And then he transforms into the wolf. On the outside, we've got Anna. She finally decides that she needs to swing over uh, to the other tower using one of the ropes. And she does, and she tells Carl as she's going by, throw me the serum, and he throws the best fucking pass uh, that he possibly could so she can grab it perfectly, but slam into the side of the goddamn wall uh, and drop down. Meanwhile, the CGI battle fest between werewolf Van Helsing and weird vampire monster thing-looking Dracula has begun. Uh, They are... Basically, I'm going back and forth, throwing each other against things. And then it cuts back outside to see Anna and Alira have their last confrontation. Anna, my love, it is your blood that shall keep me beautiful. What do you think of that? (laughs) I think if you're going to kill someone, kill them. Don't stand there talking about it. And that is the best line of dialogue I have heard from one of these terrible movies in a long fucking time. You, If you want to kill somebody, just do it. So many bad guys can learn from this thing, and especially Alira. She's just, oh, she's like trying to give her like best like Captain EO witch lady. Do you think me beautiful? Like... That type of thing going on. Gonna make sure she has terror in her heart before she takes her out. And then Carl manages to throw the stake up to her. And she just fucking stabs her right through the heart. And kills her. No more Alvira. Back in our CGI fight fest. uh, Everything is still going crazy. They're throwing each other around. And 
one point, Dracula, he really tries to reason with Van Helsing, and he can't. But we do learn a little more of exactly what past Van Helsing had. Did I mention that it was you who murdered me? It must be such a burden, such a curse, to be the left hand of God. All I want is life, Gabriel. The continuation of my kind. And perhaps the return of my ring. Don't be afraid, Gabriel. Don't be afraid. I shall give you back your life. Your memory. Some things are better left forgotten. So the one thing I forgot to talk about before this scene happened was that they were fighting as werewolf and whatever weird vampire fucking thing Dracula turns into. And then the, all of a sudden the moon got blocked by the clouds outside. Now imagine this too. The thing is is that he's got to finish this fight before the strike of midnight. And how long does 12 strikes of the clock really like take it seems like this is happening over the course of like 20 minutes but honestly in real time once it starts dong 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 like does it is it that he's able to control this beforehand because the moon comes out i thought he changes at midnight uh there's a whole lot of stupid questions that could be going on in this situation and i'm sure somebody's going to tell me exactly what i'm not getting out of this thing all i know is that it, they said as long as they get him by the last like stroke of midnight, then he he'll be fine if they give him the cure. But he's got to kill Dracula within that like what two minute time frame, and then get the cure from them. Well, because Dracula is such a fucking idiot and talking all the time, the moment the moon comes up, he turns back into a werewolf and then he bites him in the fucking neck. That's right, <laughs> right in the neck. Uh, and then kills Dracula, which kills all of his babies, as well as anything else that's associated with him out there, I'm guessing. Um, now, Victorious, uh, Anna comes into the room and attempts to go and give the cure. <sighs> I hate this scene. This is the worst fucking thing in the movie. Okay, so she goes to get it. You know, she thinks everything's okay, but of course he's become a little more wolf-like in nature, so he automatically attacks her. She's able to stab him in the stomach with the cure, but unfortunately... She's dead. Okay, she's dead. How did she die? Well, he pushed her onto a fucking couch. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't see any blood. I don't see him bite her. Because he was able to survive one of those bites just fine. And she's... What the fuck has she been through in this entire fucking film? Okay, she's been thrown around. She had her hands on fucking acid. She was knocked into the goddamn tower that was over there. She's been she's hung off the edge of a goddamn carriage and almost killed her fucking self. Everything she survived, but the moment that the 
fucking werewolf version of Van Helsing pushes her into a goddamn couch, she fucking dies. And there's nothing, like, physically wrong with her. Something. Blood. A bite. Uh, she got stabbed, like, the, the chair had a splinter and it went in her foot and that caused, like, gangrene and spread to her body real fast. Give me fucking something. Don't just... She's dead. And she's just fucking laying there peacefully. What the fuck? Why does she even need to fucking die? Because she needs to get into the fucking gates of heaven because now Dracula's killed. So we're able to solve everything and everything's right? Oh, and the fact that Van Helsing, he can't be fucking happy so he doesn't get a happy ending? I'm okay with this movie having a stupid happy ending where she fucking survives. I'm okay with her dying too, but the way that she fucking died in this film is so fucking stupid that it makes me hate the whole fucking goddamn movie there are decent scenes in this but this is the worst fucking atrocity of this whole fucking movie is the fact that she gets her ass handed to her multiple times attacked by vampires attacked by her brother the wolf who puts his hand over her mouth trying to like suffocate her or choke her and yet that does nothing to her she handles acid acid whatever was around the fucking thing she's able to pick up the thing and throw it on the goddamn door to melt the fucking gate to let them out yet that does nothing to her absolutely she doesn't even grab it by the like really the bottom it, it could have spilled anywhere maybe she has gloves make the gloves kind of disappear but no she gets pushed onto a fucking couch and that is how she dies what the fuck like Couches kill people, okay? I want to see PSAs for fucking couches. I want you to go write your congressman and tell them about red uh, felted fucking couches and that they kill random people when you push them on them. This is even better than the goddamn grave. At least this you could just put into somebody's house. Hey, I got a free couch. I don't know where it came from. And then they fucking sit on the couch or they have, you know, their kid comes in playfully. Oh, pushes you down, daddy. He's fucking falls on the couch dies fucking instantly because that's what it fucking did nothing else fucking killed her you can tell me that it was the goddamn werewolf version of van helsing but all he did was grab her and then see what was going on look down he'd been stabbed in the goddamn stomach and then she was fucking dead this is the dumbest thing the dumbest reason that somebody has to die and the dumbest way that anybody has died in a fucking movie ever pushing onto a fucking couch oh my god I think I need to calm down for a little bit so from here he takes the body outside and sets her on fire near a nice view of the ocean (sighs) And then the second fucking stupidest thing in this movie happens. Like Dom Toretto, she returns to her family in the sky in heaven. And like Mufasa looking down upon the Pride Lands at Simba, she looks at Van Helsing with her dad and her brother. He looks up into the sky and realizes... 
This movie's a goddamn piece of shit. So that was Van Helsing, and man, it's such a disappointment. That's my problem with this film. I had such high hopes. The hype train was real. I remember you could go into Best Buy, and they were re-releasing all the original fucking Universal Horror movies on DVDs and Blu-rays and shit. Well, I think it was just DVDs at the time. I don't think Blu-rays were readily available, but still... You could get them, and they were repackaging, and they had these cool artwork and everything like that. The the Universal Collection, and it all, and some of them I think even came with free tickets to go see this movie. I wish I wouldn't, you know, would have bought one, and, and then I would have had a really cool movie along with, you know, the tickets to see this piece of shit. Uh, at least, you know... I own some of those things anyway, and I could have found maybe one that I didn't have before. I just... It, it it started off so good. I love the fact that this movie starts off in black and white. It's great, and then makes the transition to color. I wish there were in some way that they do it, rather than doing the stupid, oh, one year later in Paris, and then showing the title card being the wanted poster. You know, that's when you hit color and everything like that. I wish there would have been some transition to make it come more into the modern world the way they did it. The guy that plays Dracula overacts so goddamn much and is so fucking cheesy and so fucking ridiculous that he just ruins the fucking role for me. But not as bad as fucking Frankenstein, who's trying to give him heart and soul and everything like that. But he just comes off as fucking corny as shit. The lines that Frankie has are horrible. Like, for the most part, he's got a couple of good lines here and there. But it's so far and few between. It's just like a mockery of the character. I understand that you want to do something different. You want to create a brand new lore. And maybe you want to create a whole new series. I mean, it spawned a prequel animated series. And it spawned one issue comic, I think, from Dark Horse after this was done. Uh, And it raked in $300 million in the fucking box office. I was a part of that bullshit. This fucking sucks. Um, It's so... Like, just ridiculous. Uh, Kate Beckinsale's sleeping through this entire fucking movie. She just puts on the little accent, does a couple of things, acts like a badass here, but she has the same face the entire time and looks like she's got, like, super aquanet on her hair because her hair rarely moves and then she gets taken out like a fucking dick, man. She just flops there on the fucking couch and that's it. Nobody wants to play with anymore when you're, like, dead and floppy. Yeah, so, 
then then you have two two people who are relatively dedicated to the roles but i don't like carl but he plays the role relatively well i just think it's really cheesy and it doesn't really add up to it the dr jekyll mr hyde was a much 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 better character than anybody else in this film uh your wolfman once he became full wolfman then you never heard from uh viral urkel merkel furkel whatever the fuck his name is but you never heard from him again as a character you saw him as the wolfman and that's all he fucking was um the succubus is not terrible i mean i get it um you know our wonder woman star uh she's the you know sic the succubus in charge uh, and she gets the most lines out of it, and she's fine. I, I don't think that she's that terrible. I think that she did a pretty good job for this film, uh, for what it's worth. And, you know, the Gravedigger guy was better than half the people, but really, really, Hugh, I want to speak to you directly for a second. I know that you were, like, the big guy at the time. I know that they probably paid you a shit ton of money to do this. There had to be something within the script that you were like, man, I don't know if I want to do this. Because you're such a good actor to be in this piece of crap, and you actually seem like you were having fun doing the role. And you know what? That's probably worth it, and was the one redeeming factor that I had while watching this movie, is I liked watching as Van Helsing. You were a little more serious than I thought you would be, um, and that I even remembered. I remembered you being a little more jokey, but you really weren't. Uh, you had a couple one-liners here and there, but overall, not bad. CG, eh, it is what it is. This is during that time period where they went through, you know, some practical effects, some not. I like the fact that the Frankenstein monster, he is all costume. That's great. And it looks pretty good, except for, you know, I think that when his head opens up, I think that that was CGI. But in general, it looks pretty good. You know, I like the makeup that they did for him. I like the way they made his mouth look. Uh, I like that little green thing that he had in his chest. Everything looked pretty good. And there were a lot of practical effects, even with the, like, you know, vampire ball sacks. Uh, all of that was practical. That was great, except for when the little things popped out of them. Um, but it looked really cool. The set design on this is fucking awesome. Uh, you look at it, and I, told, I say that some of it looks like it was done like the old Universal uh, sets for the monster movies, where it looks like it's painted. You know, But I know that it's not. I know that probably a lot of it is CGI. But it looks great. I love it. I love that feeling. It looks so cheesy. But at the same time, it gives me that feeling of nostalgia for those old Universal horror movies. And I wish there was more of that than there was of what we got. So, what do I rate this film? Well, gore, it's a 1 out of 5. There's a couple of scenes, but there's no blood. There's nothing really going on. You see stakes through vampires, but again... There's nothing really exciting there. Crap Factor. It's a 4 out of 5. And the saving grace uh, that save it that 5 out of 5 Crap Factor really comes down to Hugh Jackman's performance and the way that they did the set design. I think it's it's fantastic. Um, 
And then the fun factor. The fun factor is a three out of five because I think the action is good. I also think the music is really good in this film. Uh, and when they do stay away from you know the more boring parts, um, it, it doesn't turn into a bad film. I think you could cut a good half an hour of this film, and it would be a serviceable movie. Uh, I don't think that it would be that terrible. There's a you know, like I said, when you hit the hour mark. A lot of those films, you're already getting towards the conclusion, which it felt like it was doing. But no, instead it makes a 180 and it goes somewhere else completely. So, overall, what do I give this film? Well, I give this film 2 out of 5 killer couches. So, that is the review for Van Helsing. I hope that you guys have enjoyed October uh, and listening to my dumbass uh, talk about movies and rage about things. Uh, but this is the most rage-worthy movie, uh, one of them, that I've done. And it's just for one fucking scene, uh, for the most part. So, um, now a couple things are going to go on. There is going to be an episode that's going to be after this. Um, and uh, it's going to be different than what I normally do. Because I need a little bit of a break. I never plan this shit out right. Uh, so... I'm not going to tell you what the next episode is going to be about because I kind of want it to be a little bit of a surprise. Um, You know, there's something that I kind of wanted to do and I felt like, oh, this would be a fun way to do it. So the next episode is going to be a little bit out of format um, and uh, that'll be released uh, the following week after this episode. So you get five in a row uh, at beginning of November. Isn't that great? Um and then we'll continue back onto a regular schedule with maybe some bonuses. Now, the episode that I did for Hurricane Harvey Relief, uh, I plan to release that in um, December as a bonus episode. So, uh, those that didn't get to donate to it, um, you've had quite a lot of time to donate to the, the cause that's there. It's still available, I believe, on the Indiegogo page. But at the same time, I kind of just want to release it uh, so that people that wanted to hear it uh, will get a chance to. And that episode is on Chopping Mall. Uh, so that will be released probably December-ish time frame, maybe at the end of the year. Um, and you'll get it just as a bonus episode in your feed uh, as you do normally. Um, but like I said, I'd rather have you guys go and donate to the Hurricane Harvey Relief podcast set uh, and get all the other podcasts the same way. But I think it's a fun episode that I like everybody to hear um, and make it exclusive for a little while and then release it to you guys in in mass uh, later on. Uh, As always, you can follow the podcast uh, on Spreaker, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all those fun places. Um, Leave a review. Um, You know, you can hit me up on Twitter. It's T underscore T underscore podcast. The Horror Amino uh, Terrible Terror uh, podcast out there. Facebook.com slash Terrible Terror podcast. Um, And uh, Instagram, Terrible Terror podcast. Uh, I don't know if there's any other place that you can find it. But um, I do want to say if you guys could leave a review for me on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. 
Uh, it lets me be seen by other people. I also want to say, as I always do at the end of every episode, I do appreciate everybody that listens. I do appreciate the time that you spend listening to me and my dumbass do these <laughs> these horrible reviews for this little podcast that uh, you know I'm glad that people enjoy listening to. So, without further ado, we will be back next episode, directly following this one, um, with something. Uh, surprising so maybe you guys heard a hint maybe you didn't uh but it won't be a standard episode it'll be more of a uh, a discussion of sorts so without further ado see you next time